Hey guys, welcome back or welcome to our YouTube series and podcast called Behind the Mask. I'm Chris. And I'm Becca. So today we've got a treat. Our very own Lisa Catton, represented from the FCA, Mainline FCA fam. So we are chatting today all about embracing your role. We ended our competitive not cocky and a little bit of our audience of one conversation chatting a little bit about embracing this role. Um, so we really want to talk about, okay, how do we live out God's purpose for our lives in whatever role it is, be, regardless of if you're the starter, you're the go-to, you're the person that everybody wants to be, or you're the person that sits on the bench. So without further ado, Bex, I will turn it over to you. Yeah. So before we get started, before we get into our conversation, Lisa, can you kind of introduce yourself to the people who are listening to this and don't know you, um, and also the people who do. Just tell us a little bit about your story, um, how you came to FCA, what you're up to, about the fam, whatever whatever you want. The view. I'll, try, I'll try and do a brief. Um, so <laughs> my name's Lisa Catton. Um, as they said, I'm on staff in with FCA on the mainline part of Pennsylvania, which is kind of like the Villanova University area. Um, I have a husband of almost six years and uh, currently 17-month-old son named Carter. Uh, <laughs> um, he's cutie patootie. Um, and I've been on staff with FCA for a decade, for 10 years, celebrated that on December 1st. So um, I have to say I'm mighty proud of that. Um, I came to FCA from previously being a preschool teacher, which is crazy. I was a preschool teacher and then I worked in college athletics as an academic athletic academic advisor. And then God called me out of that into FCA. So I've been privileged to know these two <laughs> um, from my how to lead a coordinator roles at our regional sports camps. And, um, <laughs> and I'm glad to have served alongside them um at camp and i played field hockey at eastern university and um graduated a long time ago <laughs> and um and i currently am a runner and trying to run a half marathon in all 50 states once the rona ends and i stop having kids <laughs> oh i did not know that that's so awesome well i'm not allowed to run any more marathons so <laughs> I figured, why not? There we go. How many states have you run in so far? Five. All right, here we go. 45 <laughs> to go. Let's go. Well, be, getting pregnant and then the Rona kind of like put me on a little fair. pause. So fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. So we shall see. <laughs> All right. So awesome. So we are so excited to have Lisa. Um, Lisa, to kind of open our conversation we're talking about embracing our role and a lot of times what comes up in these conversation is what we're called to what the gospel tells us and what we're called to as a believer and living that out how is that countercultural to what goes on in the world specifically the sports world so to kind of open up the conversation when you think of roles within a team what roles are you like, oh, those are the ones that kind of get all the glory and why they do that? And then on the flip side of that, what are the roles that it's harder to embrace and why that might be in the current culture that we're living in? So I would personally say the roles that are like the glorified roles that like most people like 
the general population on a team, like a team sport, like want to be are team captains because people idolize the team captain role. They think it's like the bomb.com role um, being like the leading scorer. Like you're just the person like when I was in college, I was a big assister. I didn't score that much. And because I didn't score, I never got recognition <laughs> for not scoring. The leading scorer did. Um, so the leading scorer, the person, whoever's making the points, the touchdowns, whatever you want to call it in whatever sport you play. Um, and I just call it the quarterback because I just think of football and the quarterback, I just feel like is always like the hot shot <laughs> who just gets all the attention um, and whatnot. They might, they might start all the plays. They might not, they might be calling all the plays. They might not be scoring all the points, but they're just the one that is surround that just gets a lot of attention. Um, so those are just the roles that I kind of feel like are like the most glorified roles in sports. Um, in terms of the roles that really don't get a lot of attention, um, I would say the bench warmer obviously doesn't. I hate using that term. It sounds very negative, but it's just a term that's thrown around in sports. Um, the bench warmer or the second string, the sub, however you want to refer to it as. Um, they don't get as much credit as I feel like they should be getting. Um, and the person that's just the encourager, the person that just like might scream and yell and just like be the most positive person on the team. I don't think they get enough credit. And I also don't think the person that is the biggest servant on the team doesn't get enough credit. Um, the person that's just out to be there for their teammates, like, in any type of situation doesn't get enough credit. So those are the roles that I don't think get enough attention. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Chris, Chris, what do you think? Anything to add? Any thoughts on that roles in general? So um, to add to the glorified roles, it's not necessarily somebody, it's not the players, but coaches. So glorified roles, head coach, AD, and then minimized roles are also, not even just the assistant coach, although those do get minimized. It's also just like your director of operations people, your grounds people. I think those roles get minimized. Um, yeah, and, I wasn't even going that deep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just I'm I'm a coach, so like it's very visceral, and and I'm thinking about it very often. But uh, yeah, and I mean, I think the second string role for goalkeepers when there's seven of you—that's an exaggeration. Three of you, four of you, like third string, fourth string. So yeah, I think just like anybody who's a supporting player or supporting uh, cast for lack of a better term um, definitely gets minimized because everybody wants to be in front of the spotlight. Everybody wants to get interviewed at the end of the game. So. Yeah, totally. And I think, I think that comes back to, we talked about it in our um, perfectionism identity part two episode that we just dropped of like, we idolize, the people in the shinier roles in the more the roles that are more on the forefront are in front of the big screen are you know are getting called out in the newspaper or the article the next day and as glory junkies and as beings created to worship i think again if we're not worshiping god we're going to worship something we're going to worship someone we're going to worship our sport we're going to worship ourselves and I think roles within a team really 
Chris, to use your analogy, like put it in a pressure cooker. So it's all like under a microscope and you can really kind of see that come into play within sports. Um, so kind of diving into the conversation of what does the gospel tell us? How are we embracing these roles, whether it's a role that's shiny and everybody wants or not so much? Lisa, you brought a couple passages, some scriptures um, to the conversation. We can open up with those to kind of give us direction into our into the next part of our conversation. Um, some scripture verses, um, as I was just digging into the word and thinking about um, this topic, um, I kind of came up with like four scriptures, but there were two that personally, like when I was reviewing it, like really just kind of hit me in terms of like, when you're referring to embracing your role. Um, and the first was Colossians 3.23, um, whatever you do, do it enthusiastically as something done for the Lord and not for men. I mean, I think it, it's kind of, I think it's like one of the scripture verses that you quote kind of hear a lot, <laughs> but like when you really dig deep, deep into it, um, like whatever you do enthusiastically to me, that word enthusiastically is really key. I think I'm, I also think I'm reading the new living translation, but, um, enthusiastically, like really sets a tone for me because it's like when you're on a team, whether you're the team captain starter, like leading score, like head coach, like whatever you are on a team, if you're in that high glorified role, I sure hope you're doing that enthusiastically. But then if you're in that minimized role of being a sub or an encourager, servant, whatever the case may be, as assistant coach serving your head coach, um, what are you doing that with a smile on your face? Are you doing it enthusiastically and are you excited to do it? Are you excited to embrace that role that God has given you to do? Um, and then the other verse that I um, found was Philippians 1, 6. Um, it's, and I am certain that God who began a good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Um, and it just makes me think about how God has given us like each our own gifts and like unique talents. And I know I've struggled with this being on FCA staff, um, just like every single staff person is different. And sometimes I even feel like, like I don't fit the mold <laughs> of a person being in full-time ministry. Um, and, but like, when I read that scripture, I just think to myself, like he began a good work in me. And so he's the one that's doing a good work in me. I can't do it on my own. Um, so, and that like when he returns, I'm like, hopefully like I'll be, done <laughs> or when I eventually pass away <laughs> um like I just pray that like the good work that he is using in me or doing within me through the ministry of FCA or through raising my son or just being a wife like whatever I'm doing throughout my life that he has done a good work in me and it's been completed till the time he returns so those two those two scriptures like really stuck out to me yeah, those are so good. Chris, you always have thoughts on the scriptures, so I always want to ask you. Any thoughts on those, and then I'll share mine. Yeah, no, I think it's really good, though, especially the second one that you shared and what um, sticks out to me. I don't remember if I said this on another episode or not, but 
thinking about the legacy that we leave on a team is you're talking about approaching things enthusiastically and with the right mindset. Everyone wants to be the leader. Everyone wants to be the leading scorer. Everybody wants to be that, but there's implications and there's responsibility that comes with that. And the assumption is, okay, I just need to get to this status, whatever position, but then we don't assume that that means that now I'm responsible for the whole team. So now you're the team captain that doesn't mean that, oh, you're just the team captain for show. You're not the queen of England. Now you have to actually re- be responsible for other people. So I think, um, yeah, to your point, I'm thinking about, uh, and I don't know, I can't remember off the top of my head what the scripture reference is, but if we think about Jesus's life, his legacy was people. Like he had miracles that he performed. He had all these things and <clears throat> initially attracted people's attention, but we remember him, we worship him and we glorify him because of who he was and how he chose to treat people. And at the end of everything, God's like, well done, my good and faithful servant. Not if we want to use a random sports analogy, not, hey, you're the leading scorer of the team. So well done. It's no, you served my people well, so well done. So I think, yeah, to your point, Lisa, I think um, in terms of the roles that you listed, glorify versus minimized, the servant role is present whether you're the captain or you're the person who sits the bench. But we often think that if I am in the center of the spotlight, that means people need to serve me and I don't need to serve them. So it's like another thing, we kind of get it backwards um, and think that everything's about us, so. Oh, I even like my senior year of college, like I was expecting to be a captain. And I honestly, not gonna lie I went through three coaches when I was in college so like I don't think I really knew like truly what a captain was (laughs) going into my senior year and I was going in with a torn ACL and just had like a lot kind of I was able to play but had a lot else going on obviously in my mind and my coach told me she's like you're not gonna be a captain and because like you need to deal with (laughs) your stuff that you have going on so I just don't like kind of like I'm pretty much telling me like I just am not fit for the role (laughs) which at the time was really offensive to me but now then I kind of just was like okay whatever I'll get over it but then when I coached for seven years (laughs) and started realizing like what the standards that we held for a captain were I was like you better be darn tootin you want to be in that role (laughs) you better be a good example <laughs> you better pick up the trash after your teammates after you leave the game because sure heck you're gonna run if we see trash <laughs> and so and just like you better be bringing to us like what the culture of the team is struggling with and like you better know the culture and like what the team is struggling with and bring that to us like there's a lot of responsibility that at least in my world and I think in like your worlds too that a team captain holds and it's not just the title it's it's actually a responsibility and and it is a servant too like picking up trash making sure people on the team are okay and how they're doing mentally or physically or whatever whatever's going on like if they have an injury checking in on them stuff like that you're just called to a higher standard that you might not realize when you accept that role so yeah for sure there's so many there's so many things and I even see it with the people that I the people that I coach and even teammates that I've had you want you want to be the captain but you are not willing to accept the responsibility that comes with the captain's ship and I think um you know 
you can be a captain and not a leader. Just because you have the title doesn't mean people want to follow you. And people often, they want to follow you not because you did all these things for the team and now we're winning games necessarily. It's long-term, how did you treat them? Were you just, did you treat everybody like crap or did you actually care about what other people have to say, what they think, um, the culture of the team, Lisa, like you're talking about. So yeah, I think there's so much to put in there. Um, and like we glorify these roles, but don't actually understand what the job description is for you to do that. Or, or even in terms of being a leading scorer, do you want to do the work to get there? Or do you just want the coach to put you there? Like that's that kind of nature of the sport. I mean, I see it with athletes that I coach all the time that are not the marquee players on our team and they're upset about it. And I'm like, yeah, but are you willing to do the work to get there? No. Well then you can't complain kind of deal. So. Oh yeah. But, yeah, Bex, we can talk for days on this, but would love to hear. 100% agree. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Um, yes, I could talk on this part of our conversation for days, but I'll try to keep it brief. 10,000% um, agree that in these positions that we often glorify, there is so much added responsibility and so much added hard. And, and Lisa, you had mentioned it, like, you know, as a captain, you're looking out for your teammates. Like you can't just leave at the end of practice. Freshmen have questions to ask you. Teammates, you know, need your support. Coach may need to talk to you about something. Like there is so much that comes from that, a position of that type. And I think there's also so much importance on we talked about the position of like the encourager or the servant or, you know, when we stored whatever position we're given well, it empowers other people to store their position well. So when I see my co-captain doing a bomb job, that's going to encourage me and push me to be like, yeah, we got this. You push me, I push you. Together we lead and together we're better. I see my fellow teammate who's banging. I had this teammate. Oh my goodness. She was in my, my senior class. Every single game from our freshman year to our senior year, she's banging on the dugouts with, with balls, banging on the woods, making noise, making beats, leading cheers. Like we, if there was a game that like she had something going on or like if she was up to bat, or if she was on base, like it took the entire team to bring us back to her energy level in the dugout. And she wasn't always the starter. She didn't always have, you know, she wasn't always front and center on the dirt, but if you pulled her out of the equation, the culture of our, like, it was so hard because she brought something so unique to the team that we just, we needed her. And I think my coach used to always use the analogy of puzzle pieces. You know, the puzzle, our team, our family is not complete without your unique piece. And you may want to look like, it reminds me of the body of Christ in first Corinthians. Like you may want to look like an arm or an eyeball or, you know, all of these things. But when I think of Julia, like she was the heart of our team or she was, she was the mouth and you take the mouth away and you can't function the way that you need to function to win. So I think, yeah, we, we glamorize 
certain positions and don't understand the weight that comes with those positions. But I think we also discredit some positions that deserve incredible respect and every single individual, you pull them out of the equation on the team and you're not the same team. And I, I think we, we miss that sometimes when we minimize or when we glorify certain positions, we don't look at the individual. We just look at the title. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I could, I could preach on this all day. Cause I'm well, like, I, I had an example of like, so obviously I'm on a CA staff and I have high school and middle school students that I work with on a daily basis. And there was a girl who was a senior leader at one of my local schools for FCA and she played field hockey. So obviously I'm biased because I wanted her to field hockey game, but she was playing against one of our local rival schools. And I was like, dude, I want to go to that game. It's going to be a good game. And she was like, Lisa, don't bother. I'm not going to play. I'm like, I don't care. Like, and come and support you. Like you get in the game, you get in the game. Like, and she's a senior. So like for her to say that to me, to me, it's like, she's not thinking very highly of herself. And then, cause she's more of a swimmer too. So then like, I get to the game, I'm watching it. She doesn't go in. That's fine. Like, I don't mind watching a good game of hockey, but what I did notice was that she, there were underclassmen who I actually taught preschool playing ahead of her (laughs) in the game and girl comes out she had she had filled up her water bottle had it ready for her and then had picked up other water bottles and filled them up and had them ready for other people and was standing there and encouraging them as they came out before they went and talked to their coach about whatever like needed to come out like whatever needed to happen, like after you come out of the game, usually the coach has something to say to you. I know that for a fact. (laughs) So, um, like I texted her at the end of the game and I was like, I just want you to know, like, I know you didn't go in, but like, I know for a fact, I didn't waste my time because I saw you serve your teammates as a senior and not as a captain in a way that I don't think anybody would have expected you to serve. So I want you to know that even as a senior, you're still obviously a leader and still have an important role on your team, even though it might seem like you're just filling up water bottles, like you're a servant for your teammates that are coming out of the game so that they're like hydrated (laughs) and can get back in there and do it. So it seems so minimal. It's like the smallest little thing, but it can make like the biggest difference. And I kind of hope that the girl that came out hopefully realizes that <laughs> later on. Now, I, I I mean, I know for a fact she's coaching, playing D1 field hockey somewhere, but like, I mean, I hope she realizes that <laughs> where she is now. So, but it's a tiny thing. Yeah, that's so good. And I think it speaks to Chris's point of how are you going to leave the people on your team? Like, I was thinking about this when when COVID happened and seasons ended, like we think that the end all be all is that championship ring or that starting position or, you know, this, that, and the other thing COVID hit and we got, we get the announcement that the season's over and none of all you have left is your teammates and your coaches. That's all. There was no season. There was no championship to chase but what you're left with is these people 
and the impact that you had on each other. And I think, again, we miss that in a culture that just glorifies and idolizes perfection, each other, success. And we miss that within this team, this team, this program is made up of a bunch of people who are created in the image of the Lord. And how are we going to love them well? And how are we going to, how are we going to glorify God in whatever position we've been given? And for, for that athlete, it was like, I'm going to love my teammates. Well, I'm going to fill up their water bottles and people are going to be like, what is she doing? Like, she's a senior. Why is she not like, like nobody expects it. Cause it's so countercultural, but then you ask her about it and she's like, yeah, because like, that's what Jesus did for us. That's what, like, can I tell like, it opens the door to so many, co- like, uh, it's just awesome. And I think it, again, it is so, it's so countercultural, um, to the world that we live in of just having eyes for the people in front of us and not getting so caught up in our own pride, our own selfish ambition, our own hurt, you know, of whatever position we may, we may be in. Um, so Lisa, that kind of leads me into our, to our next question of temptations. It's not, it's not natural to function that way. So regardless of the role, whether it's a role that you really want or a role that you don't, what are some of them, the temptations of living counter to what we're called to? Um, I kind of put a lot of my temptations I put down were more like worldly things that I put down. So like, or I was thinking of, so like, as I was processing it, processing it, I'm like, well, obviously the first thing that comes to my mind is if you don't, the temptation, like if you don't get the role that you necessarily want. So like, if you didn't name team captain, you didn't get that starting position that you think you could deserve. You can just be like the negative Nancy. <laughs> Sorry if your name is Nancy and you're listening. It's just a term. Um, <laughs> you can be like the negative person <laughs> that just complains about everything. It's just like, there's not like a positive bone in your body. Whereas I'm kind of just like, okay, go away. <laughs> like get away from me. <laughs> um type of things and like that just like brushes people off the wrong way especially people who are very goal oriented and like are trying to make a stink stinky situation into a positive one like they don't want that person around to just continue the downplay like an entire team of like however many (laughs) are on the team um and I was also thinking like like you could just like not get the role that you want and just like start like kind of going with the negative Nancy thing, but like just bashing teammates, like so-and-so is going out and doing this or so-and-so isn't doing that. Like I'm stretching before every game I'm, I, or I'm stretching after every game I'm icing. I'm doing like for field hockey, like I'm practicing strokes at the end of every like practice. So I can be like the, one of the top five stroke strokers. Like I'm, I'm doing this, like I deserve this, but like you just bash the people that don't do it. And then you're like, well, why are they still starting? Like I'm going above and beyond, like they stink, <laughs> like type of thing. Um, or just like question, like kind of like who you are as a person and like, like why you weren't chosen for that role. Like I know 
I like wrote this down before we started. Cause I was like re looking over into my notes and I was just like, I felt like that all of high school, like in field hockey, like I got complimented all the time. Like I scored a lot of goals. Like I was fast. Like I could take the ball down the right side and just like score a goal. And like, I'm not saying that to brag. I'm just saying like, that's just how high school hockey was for me. But then like, I, for some reason would just be taking out and not understand like what my role was. And then it would just like leave you being like, well, what is my role on the team? Like what, like, what am I doing wrong? Like, just like, kind of like questioning, like, what did I do wrong? And like, why don't they like me? Like, why doesn't the coach like me? Like I'm taking the ball down the field and scoring goals. Like, why am I not staying in? <laughs> like, what did I do wrong? Like, he won't tell me <laughs> type of thing. So it's like questioning your identity and questioning like, why am I on this team? Like, I don't like this team. Like just all sorts of things can just like flow through your mind. Um, and I also just thought about like, what makes people better than you? Like, like just, I hope this makes sense. Like, what do people, like, why, like, why are, why is that person better than you? Which is kind of like what I touched on, but like, what are they doing? That's better than me. Like I, I, I had a faster 50 yard <laughs> sprint like than they did, or I had a faster mile time that they did, or I, I know my stick skills are better than them. Or I know, like I have a better, like, um, hitting percentage. <laughs> then so-and-so but like I'm still not playing like what like just questioning it's just like constantly in my mind just like questioning like your value as a person and that could be head games who know I mean who knows what at the end of the day it is but I just know that those roles I feel like can eventually negatively affect yourself and a team because like I know there are plenty of times that I want the piece of pizza and I was talking to my dad about frustrations I had <laughs> about a game <laughs> like and dare I not say any of that to my teammates like I'm just being real like at the end of the day like we all have frustrations like whether we're an athlete or a coach and like we might decide to go talk to our teammates about our frustrations or we might talk to our parents about our frustrations because you always know they're on your side usually <laughs> um so those are just like some, like, I guess, like negative things that I've seen in the, or temptations, I guess, that I've seen in like those types of situations. So. Yeah. And if I can just like respond to this, um, I think, sorry, it was a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 you're good. Um, I didn't want to cut back off with this response. I think, um, so much of that speaks to the training environment. So if I view it from a goalkeeper perspective, one person plays one, it's, it's not, and it's not like it's a situation. There's rare occurrences where goalkeepers change, like switch throughout the season. But most of the time what happens is the coach chooses a starter and that's it for the rest of the season. And I think things like bashing your teammates, things like just being negative, um, things like, oh, what makes them better? All these things that are just rooted in comparison, all it does is uh, undermine the training environment. It doesn't make you better and it doesn't make – uh, the person that's supposed to represent you better. So this is something that I know like GK union for the goalkeepers out there that know what I'm talking about that we talk about all the time is like the person who's playing, whether it's you or not represents you, the goalkeeper union. So you can either be a part of making sure that representation is a good one, or you can be an enemy of progress, which my very Nigerian mother would say to me, don't be an enemy of progress. So 
Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, to that point, I've definitely been like to the point of having you saying something that you're not willing to say to your teammates face. I've definitely been in a situation where I came in as a transfer, the freshman goalkeeper was promised to be the starter. And then I transferred in and then she wasn't the starter and bashed me not to my face, but we're oh, on yeah. a How dare she, she would never do that. But I mean, like we're on a team and she did not treat people well. So of course I hear about everything because we're on a team and I'm, I'm friends with people. So, but like it affected the training environment. And for me, I'm just like, whatever brushes off my shoulders, but it affects her because we have four goalkeepers and she went from being the second string that would go in if something were to happen to the third string that will never see the field the whole game, just based off of her attitude and her uh, character in training sessions, not because of her performance on the field. So I think, Lisa, to your point, everything that you that you listed, none of that has anything to do with your athletic talent. It has to do with your character, the way you approach it, and who you play for, right, and who your identity is rooted in. And, you know, that ultimately can affect the way we behave and the way we approach situations that we don't love and how we approach adversity, too. Um, so. And I mean, sorry to throw an example in there. It just came to my mind. When I think of, like, goalies and, like, examples, I think of the mighty ducks <laughs> like i think of like mighty ducks two and three where like goldberg is like the slated like starting goalkeeper and then julie the cat gaffney comes in here and girlfriend was better than him <laughs> like at least when i watch it i think she's better than him and he somehow still became the slated goalkeeper but then at the end of i don't know if it, i think it was the second one like they're in penalty shots and like Gordon Bombay knows the coach knows that like Goldberg's not going to save this shot like for the life of him. And I don't remember if he exactly gets offended for getting taken out or whatever, but he's just like, Julie, the cat, like you got this. <laughs> like, so you're going to go in, even though you're the second string and like, you haven't played uh, like a single game of this whole like goodwill games thing like you're going to come in and like you're going to save the day <laughs> and she does and then like even like you go into the third movie sorry i love the mighty ducks <laughs> and like you go in the third movie and goldberg gets kicked out of the starting position is like trying to get her to eat all these desserts <laughs> to make her puke so she can't play <laughs> and like because he was finally told he's second string and you see him just like, he wasn't in my mind bashing her, but he was doing anything he could to get her to not be second string or get allow her to be first string anymore. So I don't know. that's just a funny little anecdote. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's I mean, it's a perfect example. It speaks to what what is your response? And we did our, our um, competitive, not cocky, having a spirit of excellence. It's not just like godly excellence doesn't just mean, okay, do everything that you can do to become the starter and become the star and then decide to glorify God with what you do. It's also, if you never see the field or if you see all of the minutes, you should glorify God regardless. And I think, yeah, I mean, you see it even in that example, how do you treat people? How do you take feedback? Are you still making the effort to prepare yourself as if your number is going to get called tomorrow? Because your mindset is not about you. It's about the team and it's about playing for God first. And yeah, so I also love the Mighty Ducks. So I love that example. And I have Disney Plus. So it's like, I just, <laughs> it's up there all the time. Yeah. Now. Love it. 
So yeah. <laughs> and it's so like, it's so true and it's so applicable. Like we laugh, but like, that's so natural to want to like, to see somebody getting something we want and be like, how can I get it back? Like, and in that moment, it's like survival mode. It's like, I don't hate this person. I, I just want what they have. And if I don't get it, I won't be okay. And I think a lot of it, I think a lot of our conversation can be like stripped down to identity mm-hmm. and like, who are we before the Lord? And I think, again, I'm going to try to stay away from stories, but it just kind of echoes in my brain. Story <laughs> What'd you say? I'm a big story person. I love stories. Like I almost want to tell you. (laughs) Um, But I'm just thinking about, so I was given the opportunity to be a captain in my sophomore year and my sophomore year, a transfer came in who took my starting position. And so then I felt like, and that was, you know, she's is, right now, like now she's one of my really great friends. And, but in the process, I wrestled so much with, I'm a captain, but I'm not starting. I'm a captain, but she's better than me. I'm a captain, but she hits for more power. And like, and I'm not seeing the field. And how do I reconcile in a captain role? I should be starting, but I'm not. And I had all of these shoulds in my head And finally, I'm so grateful for it. It was one of the hardest conversations of my career, but my coaches pulled me into the office and they said, you know, the numbers are on the table. She is going to get more chances than you offensively because she has more power than you have. She just is a different package than you as a ball player. You are still a captain on this team and you'll remain a captain until you graduate. Do not let your character and your actions reflect your disappointment in the fact that you're not starting. You still have a job to do and you still have eyes on you, even though you're not in the spotlight. Now you're in the spotlight with how you handle disappointment. Mm -hmm. And it was such a wake up call. And it was the hardest, probably the hardest thing that I've experienced. And just how do I reconcile being feeling like I should be doing something better, feeling like things should be different and they're not, but knowing that, Hey, I'm here for this team and I'm here for this program and leading this program. Well, means loving this person who I wish I was them, but I'm not, but they're my teammate. And most importantly, I'm called to love them. And I do love them. I just have to get past my frustration with, they have something I want. And I think when I didn't do it perfectly, but God took me on this journey of a, it doesn't matter what position you're in. You are here to be salt and light in this program. And what does that look like? Whatever position you're in, you could be eighth deep on the bench, or you can be starting. Doesn't matter. I'm going to use you right where you're at. What are you going to do with that? I'm telling you, this is what we're doing, kid. Like, this is where we're going. You're not starting. All right, I'm going to use you a different way. Are you good with that? Like, get on board because I'm coming to do something really cool through you. But if you're all stuck in your pity party, you're going to miss it. And you're going to miss my blessings on the way. And actually, the same thing happened to my cousin last 
two falls ago, she was in your same exact situation. Like, and I texted her because I went to see her play at Bryn Mawr and she didn't play, mm-hmm. but she was a captain. And I texted her afterward and I was like, this, I literally texted her. I was like, this season is you showing your teammates and being an example of how you handle yourself in a neg in when what you view as like a negative light like like you said becca like handling disappointment like it's one of the biggest disappointments of your life like it's your senior field hockey season you're seen as like one of the leaders on your team and you are not playing mm-hmm. like that i mean i was never in that position but i can't imagine how difficult that position is to be in and i give you and my cousin a lot of credit <laughs> for that role because i can be honest i probably wouldn't have handled it very well um and but I just it shows me the maturity that those players have mm-hmm. and just viewing your role as something deeper than just being on the field like there's the second part of like being a light of the Lord and like you said being salt and light mm-hmm. to those people that are on your team and being an example especially like when you're not at a Christian school like mm-hmm. how you handle disappointment at like a non-Christian school, like granted, not everybody at a Christian school is believers too, but how you handle your disappointment at a school that is mostly seen as a secular institution can be wonders of an example of how how Jesus works in your life. So. Yeah. And I, and I say that all to me, you know, not like I did it beautifully or perfectly, but God showed me in such a real way of how, Hey, your identity isn't in your role, you know, and this goes back into identity, but your identity isn't in the role you have. It's not in your starter. You're a bench warmer. You're like all of these things that we've listed, like your identity is not in the fact that you're my child and your job doesn't change. Like depending on your title. There were, there were teammates there, you know, there are kids on teams. There are people within programs that are the best leaders in the program and they're never named captain or they're, you know, they, they're the hardest worker on the team and they maybe don't, maybe they don't see the field because, you know, somebody's just faster, better, stronger, whatever, mm-hmm. but it has no, it's so hard to get through our minds that has no, your title does not strip you of your importance. And I think Mm -hmm. that can be something really hard to remember. And I, God just showed up in such cool ways to say like, Hey, there's so much more for you here than just getting caught up in what culture says. Mm -hmm. And, and we're, we're coming up on closing thoughts. So this will be my closing thought and then I'll be done. (laughs) But but just the idea of whatever role you're in and whatever, you know, whatever position you find yourself in and injure, you know, whatever it may be, your role, your job, your duty within this team, it doesn't have to change. You know, maybe it looks different, you know, maybe, you know, like your actions may look different, but the heart behind it doesn't have to change. And the truth that you're not any less important to your teammates, you're not any less important to your coaches, to your family. Ultimately you have changed not one ounce before your creator based on your title within your team. And I think knowing that understanding that can be such an encouragement and so empowering 
in when we have roles and on a team that maybe we didn't want, we didn't imagine ourselves being in. And it can also be so humbling when we're in those power positions where all eyes are on us and we do have, you know, the lights, cameras, action. And it's humbling to say like, hey, I gave you this for a reason. It's not who you are, stored it well, just as we're supposed to store, you know, the roles we don't want well. Absolutely. So end quote, back is done talking. <laughs> um, Chris, closing thoughts. And then Lisa, can you share your closing thoughts on our conversation? Yeah, so my thought on this whole thing, and I th- think it's really, really good. And it's a really important topic. Um, and I'm left with the question to pose for everybody who's listening is, do you want to be a leader of people or a Lord of people? What I mean by that is, um, and this goes back to the beginning part of our conversation of striving for status versus influence. So like, you, do you want to lord it over people, right? Do you want to be the starter? Do you want to be this? Do you want to be that? And that's the only thing you care about in your role. And then say you are the starter, are you more concerned about protecting your status versus stewarding it? Like you were just saying, Becca, or do you want to truly lead people, which means you have to serve them or you get to serve them. So I, yeah, I definitely think when it comes to embracing our role, we can approach it enthusiastically, right? To bring it full circle from, from Lisa's scripture reference in the beginning saying, Hey, I get to do God's work and serve you guys for the betterment of the team. Not, okay, I'm going to do all of these things so that I can lord my position and my influence, not my influence, my status over you. So yeah, that, that would be my, my big thing is like making sure that we are able to humble ourselves and recognize what our motive is at the end. Are we just trying to show everybody that we're better or are we um, acknowledging that, okay, well, I haven't either position to influence them from like the front or from the back. And we're going to probably, I'm going to speak more about that when we do our leading your team episode, but like, and this is kind of speaks to our unlearning series that we will eventually do is coaches will say, you can't lead from the back. And that's not accurate because you're implying that the back means that you're last, but we know the Bible says the last will be first. So you can lead whether you're from the back, you're the middle, you're in the front. It's just a matter of, do you want to lead or do you want to just lord your position over people? So. And when I, sorry. And when I think about that, I think of uh, when you talk about like, when you were talking about what you're saying, I think about the book. um, You're not a fan by Kyle Eidemann. Um, I just went through that with one of my huddles, a video series on it. And she's like, are you a fan of Jesus? Like, are you like rah, rah, rah? Like, I love Jesus today because he gave me like my a new donor today <laughs> for my job. Or he gave me like a new stick or he gave me my starting position, whatever the case may be. It's like, yay. Or are you a follower? Like, you didn't get the team captain position, but you're going to still walk with Christ you tore your ACL and your season's over you're are you going to still follow Christ and walk with him or are you just gonna like leave your team out in the dust because you like can't play anymore or you didn't get the the quote leading role that you wanted to have um that's just an example if anybody wants a good book if anybody wants to read it sorry it's not like in the bible but makes a bunch of scripture references um but when I, when I also think about like the glorification of roles, like 
I just like when it relates to the gospel, like I just think about like how when you're in a glorified role, just like how and I I'm sorry I didn't like look up a scripture reference for this. I should have, but like how much of a light in that role you can be in terms of like representing like the Lord. Like when I I mean Philly fan favorite, like when I think about it, I think about just like when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. <laughs> in whatever year it was, because my years are all backwards now, 2017, 2008, I think it's 2017. (laughs) Um, But when they won the Super Bowl, like, I just feel like all those guys on that team that were, that are Christians, like Ertz, Wisniewski, like Foles, like all those dudes are solid Christian dudes. And they just glorify God. And Wentz too, even on the sideline, like they were still glorifying God in winning the Super Bowl. And they accepted the roles that they were in during that time. Like Wentz was supporting Foles in the position that he wanted to be in during the Super Bowl. Um, so I just think about that as like being in glorified roles, like just like being a light of the Lord and giving him glory and giving him the platform um, when you're in that role. And like when I think of like, I just think of the like the minimized roles or like the lower roles. Like I just think of like how God used some of his disciples who were in like lower society roles, like people that people in the general public hated, like no one liked tax collectors. Like they were taking your money. (laughs) Like, I don't, I mean, I don't like paying taxes either, but I have to do it anyway. But like, I mean, like they didn't, they were like, they were like the, they were high in terms of like how much money they were making, but like in terms of society, like they were despised and like kind of like rejected in a way. But then like, Jesus took them out of those roles and made them 100% like disciples, followers of Jesus. And like, you can just take someone out of that role or have someone in that role. And like, you can still be serving the Lord and encouraging people um, throughout, like, like leaving a role or being in a role or whatever, like whatever the case may be is. I just, for some reason, like when I think of a minimized role in terms of the gospel, I just think of the tax collector and how God can just, use you in that role like whether in that role or not can just either take you from it or just use whatever he can for his glory so such good stuff (laughs) yeah i love this conversation um so we are we're out of time for this conversation i feel like kind of feel like we need a part two but i always feel like we need part twos on all of our episodes because i love them um, but Lisa, thank you again for being on here with us. Um, really enjoyed this yeah. conversation, was really blessed, blessed by it. Um, so if you guys like what you see, like what you heard, let us know. Um, DM us on Instagram at behind the mask 3132. Subscribe, hit the subscribe button below. Um, you can find us That's on bad. Spotify. Um, but we love to hear your thoughts, guys. So keep them coming. We love hearing from you. Um, we love hearing what the conversation sparked in you, questions you have, um, all those good things. So until next time, we'll see you later. Catch you guys later. Bye. Thank you.